This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds. Well, without the computers. Talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yeah, it Clintech. Clintech. It is a, an emergency High Hopes Podcast. James Seltzer is in the hospital with his kid being selfish once again. You know, he's once again, James, during the most important part of the season, does not have the clutch genes, um, but he did pass on, I think, good genes to his daughter. So I had to enlist the help of my host on the WIP Evening Show. I think that's a way to say it. Yeah, sure. So it's a it's an emergency podcast. Joe Giglio is here with me talking about Andrew McCutcheon. Joe, what are your thoughts? I like the deal, Jack, uh, and I'm here. I'm not in the hospital. I'm not with a kid. I'm not with the baby. Yeah, someone's got to be committed to Listen, the podcast. No, I, again, happy for James and, and his family. <laughs> but, uh, no, I like the deal. McCutcheon's still a good player. He's not what he was four or five years ago when he won the MVP in, what, 2013, but he's still a good player. And here's the way I'll look at it, and this won't surprise anyone who <laughs> knows how much of a fan of Carlos Santana I am. This is the replacement for Santana's offense. He walks. He hits about 20, 25 home runs. And the Phillies have effectively now replaced J.P. Crawford with Gene Segura, which is an upgrade, and they've replaced McCutcheon, who's a better all-around player, but same kind of offensive player as Santana, and move Reese to first base. So it's it's just a good move. Three even, years is a good move. Even if they don't get, and I think they're going to get Machado or Harper. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's going to happen. I, I I'm not too worried about that. I, there's been a lot of people being freaking out. Like, are they going to get these guys? Like, uh, listen. First point number one. Point number one is that getting Andrew McCutcheon does not take them out of the Bryce Harper sweepstakes at all. Just like Gene Segura didn't take them out of Machado. They, they still have third base, and, an, I mean, they can open up an outfield spot for Harper if they want to. And, well, McCutcheon can play left field. Yeah. Like, he's going to be the left field, and hopefully Harper's in right field. So the, the this deal has nothing to do with, with Harper or Machado. And actually... The way they the way they worded it, or way the way these sources kind of worded, it, I thought it was weird. So they came out and they said they preferred uh, McCutcheon because he's a righty instead of Brantley, who's a lefty. And they mentioned the durability thing, but they went with a lesser player because he wasn't a left-handed bat. And if they added Machado, it's another righty. They're uh, very righty if they get Machado. Very, it just leads me to believe that that Harper is that that missing kind of piece, and I think they view it that way as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you and I both have been uh, Harper over Machado in this. The Phillies, though, it's up in the air. Depending on who you look at and who you read, the national guys keep saying Harper. The the local guys, at least Jim Salisbury of NBC Sports Philadelphia, says um, Machado. Here's the thing. You and I talked about this on the show a lot. I still thought throughout this whole process that even if they got Harper, they were one bat short. Now, they're do, they've done it in the opposite way. They've gotten the other bat first, not the big bat. But even if they got Machado or Harper... I kept we made their lineup out a couple weeks ago. Even with Segura, it was like mm, it's one guy short. McCutcheon might be that guy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna do a you love player A, player B. Oh, things. it's my favorite. Let me give you a player A, player B. All right. 
Player A, 255, 368, 424. Okay. Player B, 229, 352, 414. Who is that? Uh, B is definitely Carlos Santana. I've, see, I've sl- stared at those stats enough to know it. <laughs> and who's player A? It's probably McCutcheon. It's McCutcheon. It's so you're, similar. So you're adding you're adding more a better average. You're adding uh, a similar OBP. But with the Yankees last year, his OBP was over 400. Yeah. He, he walked last year for the first time. Like over ninety times, he never did that before. So I think as he gets older, he's becoming more selective. He doesn't swing at bad pitches anymore. And here, I think he'll he'll hit fifteen to twenty homers still. Oh yeah, he yeah. Hit twenty last year, and he yeah. played some of the year in San Francisco, which, which is horrible. Twenty homers last year in in between San Fran and New York. I, I would expect him to hit twenty home runs ish here. Um, again, now McCutcheon's not the same kind of player he was. I mean, obviously he's not the MVP candidate, but I will say. He's not completely washed. I mean, it, if you're going to get a guy that hits 20 homers, gets on base, plays a solid defense, I mean, if you can, let's say they move Nick Williams, mm-hmm. they have Oduble in center, whatever, and well, Harper hopefully in right field, McCutcheon in left, that's a pretty good outfield defense. Yeah, I always think guys that were stars in center field, they could always move to the corner and be good. Like Curtis yeah. Granderson did it for a long time. He was a good right fielder for the Mets. That, it kind of reminds me of that team. Remember the Mets signed Curtis Granderson? And they, yeah, and it, go, it was more money, though. It was. It was like... Yeah, it was a little bit more money. And he still had way more power, I think. So, But it was like a, a guy that used to be a, a star, and then he's off that a little bit. But three, four-year deal, I think it's good. And uh, I, I think he'll hit 20 home runs here. This park plays well to righties. Yeah. He'll hit 20 home and runs. I, and I will say, I know you're not big on this because you're into the analytics. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I do think that from a uh, from a culture standpoint, you, can, you can't really do much better than adding in Andrew McCutcheon. And this is a Phillies clubhouse, whether we heard through people we know who are down there. Mm-hmm. Um it was a dead clubhouse. Like it was a clubhouse that wasn't the most fun to be around. And obviously they have fun young players, but it was more of a divided locker room. Yep. And this move to me, it kind of feels like Beltron going to the Astros. It's Even good, though Beltron was older and not as effective, um, McCutcheon will bring a level of energy, a level of excitement, um, a level of professionalism. To a locker room that even with Reese Hoskins, who I think is one of the most professional young athletes I can ever remember, um, it just it it raises a level of accountability um, to a to a young team that isn't hasn't really been that moment. Yeah, and I think it takes some pressure off of Reese. I mean, Reese always had to be the spokesperson last year when things went good, things went bad. He was always the one that talked. Look, they don't have Machado or Harper as we record this. So as of right now, this club is still it's still Reese Hoskins' club. At least this guy will stand up and be accountable. And Jack, I'll add this because. I, I do think that you're correct on the, uh, the leadership thing, even though I, I'm more excited it gets on base. <laughs> no, I know. You're but, right. But, there, but there, there's something to culture yeah. mattering. And I think for this, like with McCutcheon, it's a three-year deal. Like we're talking about 2019 right now, but by the end of this deal, either Moniak and or Hazley will be here, maybe if they don't trade them away, but they have young outfielders in the pipeline is what I'm getting at. What better guy to learn from than Andrew McCutcheon? Like this guy was the top prospect, the first-round pick that became an MVP and uh, I, I think it's it's great from that perspective too. Now it is an overpay. I mean, yeah, though fifteen a year. You think it's an overpay? I just still a good player. He's a good player. I don't know if he's like I would rather have had Brantley if I was looking for pure hitter because I think I think Brantley's I think Brantley's gonna be better for the next three years just pure hitting wise if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, McCutcheon is durable. Yep. all that fun stuff. Um, it's a three year deal, fifty between forty five and fifty million. No one really knows yet with an option for the fourth year. I don't think they pick up that option. Um, I wonder if it's a buyout. I wonder if it's like the five is it's like three fifteen a year, three forty five, and then the buyout's five million. Yeah. That could make some sense. And I I don't totally hate it. They have stupid money, like we said. So yes, they want to spend it. Doesn't hurt at all. Um, if he if what what is considered a success in this McCutcheon deal? Is it 
is it five? Is it three years of batting two fifty with a three fifty some OBP? I would take that fifteen homers a year. Yeah, and good outfield defense. Yeah, assuming he doesn't break down in his defense craters because that would be bad. Because what are you going to do? Just, with I him? can't see that really. Happening. No, I, I think it'll be fine. Um, so I saw a tweet. I forget who it was, but one of the uh, baseball insiders out in Vegas today said he was looking for. Oh, it was Jeff Passan, I think. Uh, McCutcheon apparently his agent was looking for five eighty, which is what Lorenzo Cain got last year. Mm. So if that's what he was looking for, and they got him for three fifty, um, they're paying. I guess they're overpaying per year just based on that. But I still think there's good baseball left in him. And it's funny because two years ago. It looked like he was going to fall faster because he fell really fast from MVP to where he is now. But he hasn't he hasn't keep falling like he's kind of leveled off. Right, but he's good. He is good. Um, so yeah, I, I I do think it's a good move. I think it's an important move culture wise, um, defense wise. It'll make the defense way better. And again, like if they don't add if they don't add anyone else this offseason, the team is already four wins better. Probably yeah. five wins better, no matter what. I think when the they bolt- added Segura, the, I think Clentax said in his press conference like. This just makes us three or four wins better, just on Segura, based on what they had at shortstop last year. And you're factoring Hoskins out of left, yeah. moving him back to first. Now this have, makes them a couple wins better in whatever outfield spot he goes to. Now, you th- you, th- you think Hap's probably the next domino to fall? A pitcher. And it feels like, I I really don't want, want Dallas Keuchel at all. But is, it worth, is it worth getting Keuchel and Britton just to bring us Harper, to have the Boris family there? Is it really worth that? It's hard Brit- to say no. <laughs> Britain's probably worth it. I think Britain's worth it. Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe. I know you don't love him as much as I do. Keiko's um, probably not. Keiko's definitely not worth it. I would rather have, I would rather have Hap on a two year deal than Keiko on a f- whatever he's going to get four year deal. Yeah, I would too. Like Hap, Hap for the next two years, I think is a guy that's going to make every start, have an ERA in the three two to three six range, and and his <laughs> his strikeout per nine is like in the tens. It goes up now every single year. He as he's he gets still, older. He's still throwing ninety three. Uh, he's still really good. I I still like Jay. I wonder. Yeah, it, I mean, by the time this goes up, by the time people listen to this one, the, the next domino might fall for the Phillies. But I, I and really, Reese Hoskins just put the popcorn eating gif up. Did he? Three hours after the McCutcheon deal. Like, come on, man. Something might be happening. Like, if you're if you're Reese Hoskins, right? And you're liking tweets of an hour ago about Buster Olney's lineup. With with Harper in it. Yeah, that was more than two hours ago. Um, why are you just putting that out three hours after the McCutcheon deal? Because he's he's downloading the latest High Hopes and he's yeah, waiting well, for this one. That's a fact. Um, Reese is I, a big fan. I, I wonder what the next move is going to be, a free agent pitcher for the Phillies or a trade. Because we're getting to the point now, they're keeping their options open, Jack, but they have too many players. They're going to have too many players soon. Like They still have Cesar Hernandez here. I guess he's staying. They still have Michael Falco here. With a broken here. foot. That came out yesterday, right. which made sense, too, because remember how slow he looked? He's a better player than he showed Yeah, he batted two twenty eight in the second yeah. half. He was basically... He was like Oduble, like Oduble's swoon, except it was Cesar. Yeah. We never saw that before. He's better than he was in the second half. We know that. Um, but they have, just, they have too many players. They're starting to have too many players. Like, at some point, they can't have a roster that has Nick Williams and Oduble and Michael and Cesar and still play Scott Kingery. Like, if they sign one of these big players, they have to make a trade. I wonder if they're going to use the players they have here for pitching. And that might be whatever. So, f- for some reason, Sixto Sanchez started getting dangled out today. Apparently, in multiple deals, they've like talked about his name, which, which is which is a change of course yeah. for them. And this this speaks to what you have I you you and I have talked about before is it feels like they're kind of pushing their chips in as if they're going to go try to win next year. the World Series next year. Yeah, you don't trade Sixto Sanchez unless you're getting back a a top top flight player, whether it's a real Muto. Who I look, if I'm being honest, I don't want to put Sixto Sanchez in a JT Romuto trade. He only has two years left, and catcher's age in dog years. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a first baseman in three years, yeah. right? You would think. 
Um, and I think I think Real Muto is amazing. I think he's a he's probably the best catcher in baseball. Yep. But is it really worth it? Like, why wouldn't you just have Alfaro and trade for Francisco Francisco Cervelli? That takes care of catcher and because they want to win the World Series next year. <laughs> I know it's just it's just crazy to me that they're actually dangling Sixto. Could it be a Kluber deal? Would you put Sixto in a Kluber deal? I'd rather do Kluber because you get him I would for rather three do years, too. and he's just better. Like Corey Kluber's better at what he does than what um, like he's more impactful than than, than getting a catcher. I, if you trade Sixto, you better get something really good back, and it better well, the not. The fact that they they've held him out of other deals. I know. It signals to me that there's something big. I wonder here. if there's someone we're not thinking about. Like uh, there has to be. We know the names that are out there. Real Muto's out there. Kluber's out there. The Bumgarner thing has been out there for a little while. I wonder if there's a player that you and I aren't thinking of because he was involved in the Edwin uh, Diaz talks, right? But Edwin yeah, Diaz is four years left. I wonder if there's a young player that we're not thinking of that might be available. Syndergaard. There's three years left. That fits. But I don't think the Mets trade him with division. Yeah, I don't agree. Then the Mets want to try to win next year, so they're probably going to try to flip Syndergaard to win next year. Is there a player we're not thinking of at third base in the it outfield, the starting be, pitcher? It wouldn't be Bumgarner. Because Bumgarner, you don't trade Sixto for one no. year of Bumgarner. That would be... A, makes no a, sense. Two, two bad allocation of a Sixto-Sanchez trade would be one real Muto. Two I don't, years of a catcher. Two years of a catcher, and listen, he may be great. He's going to be a first baseman in three years. It's completely pointless. Or guy on a one-year deal like Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. You, you should not have to give up Sixer Sanchez to Who get Madison Bumgarner. Who is Clintac going after that we're not, we're not thinking of? A young, maybe a young starting pitcher that, like you said, Syndergaard. Controllable more asset. Yeah, a guy that's around three or four years. You can't trade Sixto for just a year or two. That, that's silly. You, you are trading Sixto for a win-now move. That's the only way you're moving Sixto. Is there any way... That they call the Angels and put them in a, in a Mike Trout offer, but I just don't. We've talked about this. Yeah, they're not going to. It's it. it's not going to cost. Sixto is not going to be in a Trout deal because Trout's going to control the trade. Trout has a no trade clause. They have to find a trade right. that Trout will approve, and they also get a semi fair return for it. And the Phillies can just say we don't. We're not going to be. So Sixto. we think the next thing is a signing of the pitcher or a trade. I think the next thing is J Hap. I so, feel like Hap's a Philly. I wonder if they sign J Hap and still trade for a pitcher. Would you? I hope so. I don't want to go into next year thinking J Hap's my number two. I think in a pinch he could do it, but I would much prefer having like a Bumgarner or a more established two, so Hap can kind of settle into a three and and not have the pressure of being a number two. Well, on that a adds to team. what I was saying before. This just adds the pitching because I said they're, they have too many players. Like they have Michael, they have Cesar, they have Oduble, they have Nick Williams. Would you go three years just to get uh, J Hap here? Hmm. He's thirty six. I don't. I don't think so. I. I like it might take it. Apparently, he only has two year two years off two year offers out there, which but makes they, sense. He's he's thirty six. Right. But if they sign Hap and trade for a pitcher, Jack again, they have too many players. At some point, at some point, Matt Klintak's going to use the on the field assets he has right now. Forget the prospects to trade for somebody else. Like if you add Jay Hap, who goes from the rotation? Who do you want out? Eflin or Velasquez? Uh, well, I think Eflin's going to be put in a different deal. Like, so, what about, so you agree with me? They're, he's going to trade some of the players that we watched right, last right. year. Right, right. So maybe does does Eflin, Sixto, and Nick Williams get you Corey Kluber? Eflin, Sixto, and Corey, I think it does. I think it does too. I mean, Corey Kluber is a guy who you put behind Aaron Nola or you put with Aaron Nola. That's the best one-two punch in baseball. Well, Scherzer and Corbin. It's close. And Strasburg. It's close. It's, I, I actually think Nola Kluber's better. Nola Kluber, I mean, just for, I if we're talking two-seam fastballs. Yeah. I think it's better than uh, Scherzer Strasburg. I, th- I think it is. I mean, Kluber's still a top-ten pitcher in baseball. Nola became that last year. But again, the, the thing just, with that— There's just no trade I can see for a young, controllable asset. Like, that you would want to give Jose up— Jose Barrios? Yeah. Jose Barrios? From the Twins? 
I, I just wonder what he's thinking. I, I, look, I, I think the Phillies have done a good job so far. They haven't, they haven't given up anything that is, is significant. Uh, the only thing they gave up so far, obviously, was um, J.P. Crawford. They haven't signed a guy to a bad deal yet. They're, they're, they're doing a good job, and the, the slate is still blank. They could do anything. Clint had a really good yeah. start. A really, yeah. a really good start. I mean, McCutcheon, it may be a little bit of an overpay, but... But they're not afraid of that. They've overpaid Santana It doesn't year. matter about an overpay. Yeah. You're right. The OBP is exactly the same as Santana's. Higher average, uh, a more position of need defensively. Um, we'll keep the train moving. And again, I mean, I, I, I think the culture is something that's very, very important when it comes to when it comes to building a clubhouse. I think I think the Cubs taught us that mm-hmm. there was some there's a lot of they, they factored in culture into every single decision they made. The Astros were the same way. And the Red Sox last year, I mean, that team was was tight. Yeah. And the Phillies needed it. I mean, they need they need a leader. And, and I think Reese Hoskins can be the leader of this team for a long time. But McCutcheon helps. And I also think it's going to take some pressure off of whoever they sign. Like. With Andrew McCutcheon here, he, he he commands a presence in the clubhouse that it's not all going to be on Machado and Harper to talk after every game. Like, right. McCutcheon will be that guy. Yeah. All right. Close your eyes. All right. How does this sound to you? Do I have to, really have to close my eyes? I don't know. It's up to you. All right. I'm doing it. Second base, Cesar Hernandez. Opening day lineup next year. Okay. Second base, Hernandez, shortstop Segura, right field Harper, first base Hoskins, left field McCutcheon, center field Herrera. Third base Franco, catcher Alfaro. Listen, man, I had a tweet. 85 games? I had a tweet in August that said they had the deepest lineup in the NL. I'll just retweet that when they do that. Yeah, it's, that it's, actually would be one of the deepest lineups in baseball. It's a good lineup. It's it's It still has high OBP guys um, until you get to the bottom of the lineup. With Alfaro. Um, but the first the first couple guys are, the first five guys are all tough guys to get out. The one thing that doesn't include is Scott Kingery. Right. I mean, I think. I think, I think mm-hmm. he'd play third base pretty quickly over Mike Hell. You heard Gabe yesterday saying he he thinks he's a complete third base. I know. I still I think Michael's gone. I I don't. Nothing's really shifted me off of that. Do I you think. think they trade Michael if they don't get Machado? Because mm. then they would have to just slot Kingry there, right? Who else play third base? Well, if they keep on going that's Boris route, Mustakis, Mustakis, um, who's basically Lowry. Uh, I like Jed Lowry. Mustakis is basically like a left-handed um, Franco. He's not better than Franco. I know he's Franco and him are the same player. Yeah, the same guy. I don't, I don't get the Mustakis thing at all. Um, another guy that's been floated around, and, and I just want to—I know—I just want to address this one because again, Trevor Bauer seems to be another guy that people want to yep. bring here. You're not putting Sixto Sanchez in a Trevor Bauer deal. He no. has—he has—he has mentioned many times that he only wants to sign one-year deals and he wants to hop around and pitch on a bunch of different teams. So he has what two years left for free agency? Yeah. So two years of arbitration. He's 27. Obviously, he's amazing. But but for me, Trevor Bauer is a guy that puts you over the top rather than as a guy to build around for a long time. Yeah, he also worries me with the way he throws and his mechanics. He, he reminds me of Tim Lincecum. Who, Come on, it's driveline, bro. And look, Tim Lincecum, <laughs> I loved him. He was great. And then all of a sudden, one day, Tim Lincecum woke up and he had a bad hip and he couldn't pitch anymore. So I could see Trevor Bauer being pretty similar. Uh, is Thor going to be a Yankee? Listen, if you the New York sports radio will just implode. Melt. If the Mets trade their most talented pitcher to the Yankees. So I'm rooting for it to happen. All right. Sounds good, Joe. Uh, quick emergency podcast. Cast. Thanks for joining the IOPS podcast in a pinch. Um, listen, it was an emergency podcast. We're both very happy with the Andrew McCutcheon deal. And uh, we'll be back as soon as possible with maybe another podcast. Maybe tonight. Maybe Reese Hoskins is breaking some news. And I'll have to do a solo pod at midnight. I don't care. I'm I'll rooting do, for it. I'll do as many solo pods as I have to. Because this is all I care about. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.